You know, if you've got any chains that are holding you back today, Jesus is the chain breaker. He's there to take whatever is your pain and, and, and just make it and turn it around for, for his good and your, for his glory and your good. Oh, man. 
don't leave here with them on. Let God set you free today. We're going to just do freedom right because through the spirit of the Lord is like I said there is freedom and freedom reigns in this place today. Freedom reigns in this place. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Y'all are quiet now. Let's not get quiet. We haven't been in church in a while. Let's make some noise. <laughs> make some noise for Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Where the spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom Where the Spirit of the Lord is There is freedom If you're tired and you're thirsty 
wait for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We wait for you.
today. So if you have a need for anything, don't hesitate to come up and we'll pray with you and just or just receive where you're at. He's he's here all over the place. So we can just receive it wherever you're at even. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord, church, you are awful quiet right now. Amen. Have you done more yourself out worshiping? Amen. You know, Brother Rodney, speaking in tongues, and I thought the Spirit of the Lord speaks to us. Amen. Hopefully somebody... There wasn't an interpretation given, but hopefully somebody that was for that they realized what was going on with that. Amen. God knows. Amen. And sometimes maybe he needs to speak that way to get to some of us that things that you really don't want anybody else to know. Amen. God works in a mysterious way. You know, we they were singing the song, We Wait for you and I've got to say this this morning nobody else is wanting to say it so I'll say it for them the wait is over with amen the wait is over with now expectation for that new baby amen amen praise the Lord Amen. That's something that's been different ones. Myself and different ones has prophesied over them that that was going to happen. And we would always say in the Lord's time. And thank God the Lord seen fit it was time. Amen. Praise the Lord. And if Brother Ricky is right, then Isaac may have his hands full. Amen. And, and you got to realize now, Sister Heather, just like, Patty comes from a mom being a twin, and they always say it skips a generation. So, amen. So be it. Amen. You know, I think of Job when he was double blessed after going through all that he had. So all the weight, they may be double blessed anyway. Would you, would, that's something for the church to shout about this morning. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. And it makes me feel good just to know that myself and some of the rest of us just hadn't been up here babbling words out and not knowing what we was talking about. Amen. We know we've got a God that we serve that is faithful in what he promises. And amen, he will fulfill what he's promised. Praise the Lord. I'm just thankful for that this morning. Amen. Church, I, I want to tell you this before we let Sister Donna preach to you, teach to you here in a minute, whatever she's got. But uh, we had discussed a while ago about having church tonight, and I'd almost come to, I had come to the conclusion not to have it tonight because of uh, the circumstance with the weather still, or still some, some ice out there and what have you, but praise God, hopefully most of it will be melted away today. But if I can get enough of you to raise your hands right now and say we'll be here tonight, we will have church tonight. But I just don't want to have church tonight with just a few. I want the church to be full. How, how many will be here with us tonight? Amen. That's pretty well everybody. Amen. So we're going to, if it's Sister Donna, we're going to have church tonight. Because after we started this morning and I seen the Spirit of the Lord start to move, I'm thinking, no, we, need, we don't need to just stop and not come back tonight. Because, I mean, God is, and I feel, I just feel like we need to be here tonight. Amen. Because, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, but I got a feeling it may be something special tonight. So, saying that, hopefully that will give you the urge not to miss tonight. Amen. That you'll be here to see what's fixing to happen tonight. Amen. Who knows? Isaac may run around and shout or something. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. 
And you know, and I, I keep picking on him right now, but you know I put him on the spot the first time I give the prophecy out to him. God's got a calling on his life. We know that. But it wasn't myself. God had called me into the ministry, but it wasn't until after that our first child was born that I accepted it. So God has got a calling on their life. Amen. I wish we had a house full of couples, young couples like this in our church because if we had all of them, sky's the limit. Amen. So I'm just praying that God's blessing upon them and they will accept whatever God's got for them. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, let's, we're going to have church tonight, but we ain't done having church this morning yet. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Let's stand and go before God and pray over our sick and those that's maybe is shut in and can't get out, that God's blessing will still flow. I want to remember Tabby and Austin and them this morning. Austin's been sick for quite a bit for the last week or so. So I'm just praying that God will touch him and just thankful so for Tabby and the boys hadn't come down with the flu or whatever he's got. It's not COVID. It's something else. So, But uh, just pray for him and, and, the, and the family. Sister Kristen. It's definitely hard on losing a young one like that. So just remember that family and lift them up in your prayers as you pray daily. Anybody else real quick? Okay. Okay. All right. Remember our church family as you pray. We pray this morning. Praying that Sister Candace and them will get this stuff gone, whatever the situation is. We believe God's going to take care of that. I mean, we uh, we believe they've been through enough with sickness and stuff, and God needs to intervene, and, and, and He will. He will. And we just believe that. Amen. Anybody else? Brother Ricky. Okay. Sister Brooke. And we've got a younger generation that us older ones really don't know how to reach out. Because we, we didn't, you know, we didn't think anything about that when we was at that age and coming up and stuff. But this world has took a toll on a lot of people. And our young people, you know, things that they've gone through and the things that they've seen. So just remember the, the, this younger generation and Sometimes we might get frustrated with them or something, thinking, I'll just suck it up. Well, you know, sometimes it's not that easy to suck up some stuff. Amen. God's the only one can take care of it, and we just believe God can reach down and touch today. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you right now, Lord Jesus. We just thank you for this opportunity that we have to be in your house this morning. and just so thankful for your presence that we feel here this morning, Lord Jesus. We just ask you to reach out and touch among this congregation this morning, Lord, each and every one that's here, Lord, and just give them a special blessing for being here this morning, Lord. Any sickness, any troubles, any, any trials they're going through, Lord, financial or whatever it may be, Lord, you reach out and touch and take care of that this morning, Lord. We just thank you for the blessings of the news of a new one coming into our house, Lord Jesus, and we just praise you for that this morning, Lord Jesus. And we ask you to reach out and touch those that was mentioned this morning that's sick, Lord. You heard each and every name, Lord. Lord, there's, 
It's physical, mentally, or whatever it may be, Lord, this morning. We just ask you to reach out and touch them, Lord. And be with those, Lord, that are shut in at the assistant livings or, or the rest home or wherever they may be, Lord Jesus. You reach out and touch them this morning and let them know that you are there, Lord, and you care and you love them, Lord. And in Jesus' name, we just ask you to continue to bless this morning. We ask you to bless Sister Donna. She brings her message this morning, Lord. And just be with this congregation, Lord Jesus, that we will worship you and praise you and honor you and give you all the praise you deserve. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Sister Donna. We talk today about the church triumphant. You know, the church is triumphant. We are a triumphant church, okay? Um, the State of the Union address is something that the president will annually give, and he usually gives it around the first, you know, of the year, near the beginning of the year, and he will he will uh, deliver his mes his annual message to uh, to the U.S. Congress, you know, reporting on the current conditions of the nation, and the, the message typically reports, uh, he mes typically reports or states that, like, the nation's budget, economy, news, agenda, achievements, and the president's priorities and legislative uh, Proposals is what he usually presents. So today I'm going to present to you, I want to speak about the state of the church, of the Lord Jesus Christ, and it is triumphant church. Uh, if we'll read, if you'll read in Matthew 16, verses 13 through 19. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea, Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I am, that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, some Jeremiah, Jeremiah, and other one of the, or one of the other prophets. And Simon Peter answered and said, "Did you skip a verse? No, maybe." Uh, Simon Peter answered and said, "Thou art the Christ, the Son of the Living God." And Jesus answered and said unto him, "Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven." And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So this passage in the Bible was uh, like a mountain peak or a, a high point in the New Testament, and one of those that... Uh, those of us in ministry or as Christians, we revisit again and again or need to revisit again and again. It rightly situates, situates our minds about what the church is and what Jesus has promised to do through it and on its behalf. It's a promise that comes to us not as something that we occasionally reflect on, but that we need to tenaciously cling to day by day as we are about the work of our Heavenly Father. He says, he, Jesus said, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail or, and overcome it. But we do not always remember or focus on this scripture in a normal everyday life. Usually it's something we focus on that scripture more when things are going crazy or haywire in our lives or in the country or in the world. That's when this scripture kind of comes to mind. But this scripture is the one that we need to remind ourselves on a regular basis. We need to gather, as, but as we come together today and reflect and remember, we need to think why we are here. Jesus said, I will build my church. Jesus declares this promise that echoes throughout the ages and has proven true throughout every generation and every century throughout the church history. Sunday after Sunday, Lord's Day after Lord's Day, lecture after lecture, missionary trip after missionary trip, Jesus is doing something infinitely bigger than ourselves and has given us the promise that we can and must cling to, that he will build his church and we are a part of that church. Aren't you glad that we're a part of that glorious church of Jesus Christ? At the beginning of Matthew 16, the chapter opens with the Pharisees 
challenging Jesus and wanting a sign of as to who he was and what will come. And Jesus said, do you want another sign? And you want me to, you want me to multiply the food? You want me to heal the lame? You want me to walk on water? You want me, you want to see another miracle? He said, there is one more miracle coming. And it's the, the miracle of the, of the sign of the prophet Jonah, which signifies the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus on the third day. He said, that's, that's going to be the true miracle that's going to change the world right there. When then, when then we see Jesus after that leaving with his disciples to reflect with them and to rest. And he, he asked them, he said, who do people say that the Son of Man is? In verse 14, we get a sort of public opinion because they say, well, some say you're John the Baptist, some say Elijah, some say Jeremiah. But Jesus in verse 15 said, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And it's more than a personal statement. Of belief, even though it is that. It's a personal statement of belief. It is the foundational statement of the church itself. And the answer has an enormous impact for those of us individuals and for every every church of Jesus Christ because Jesus is the solid foundation and the truth of, of our, our foundation. He is our solid foundation. His truth is work because he is truth. So it is our solid foundation. Jesus is our solid foundation. <clears throat> but he in verse 16, he, Peter answers, he said, Thou art the Christ. Jesus said, well, who do you say that I am? And he said, Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, Peter. It's not like he was just throwing something out on the table saying, oh, well, I think you're the Christ. No, he was, it was revealed to him in his heart and his soul. He knew that Jesus was the Messiah, the son of, the son of, of God, the Savior of the world. And he said, he, he said, he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. So the word, he, he was the word. Jesus is the word. He was the word made flesh and dwelt among us. He was Jesus. It was God with skin on. So he, he, with that foundation truth that Jesus is the son of God and he's the Messiah, that was, that was, uh, that's a solid foundation that we as a church can, can stand on, that we know that we serve the living God, the only true and living God, the only Messiah, because there's no other God but Messiah, but, or Jesus Christ, he's our Messiah. So 1 Corinthians 3.11 says, No other foundation can, for other foundation can no man lay than that which is Jesus Christ. So no one can lay any foundation because Jesus is the Lord of his church. And we have a sure, solid, and, and, a, and a secure foundation that is unshakable and unmovable. It's because Jesus died for his church and he rose again the third day, victorious over death, hell, and the grave. He purchased it with his blood. Christ is the head of the church and the church is referred to also as the bride of Christ. And Jesus will soon return for his bride to catch his bride away so that we can be with him forever. So we as Christians must live our life in the context of the local church. We are not free agent Christians who just roam around from church to church or from season to season or from place to place with marginal involvement or engagement in the local, without marginal engagement in the local church. It's important to be a part of the body, of a body of believers. It's important to, to be involved in, in a, a local church and to, to work in that church to, uh, to follow the, the, uh, the, vision that God gave that church and to move into what because every church has their own thing to do and we're all working for the kingdom of God but every church has a different different vision and a different area to reach a different person to reach a different uh whether they're you know in a different area or they have a different ministry every church has something that they are there to do a special assignment that they're called to do if they're called of God they're called to do that that particular assignment <clears throat> so we need to come together we are called to come together in covenant communi communities known as the local church. We want to intentionally involve and integrate ourselves into that local church. It's important to be a part of the body of Christ. And this is, this is our body. This is our church. But we are part of the big, big body. We're part of the body of Christ, which is overall. But this is our, our body right here. And it's important to be in part of, of involved and to come together and to get. Because when we come together, we get encouragement and strength and we get uh, rejuvenated and revitalized because, you know, in the army, if you have an army of, 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 of soldiers, you don't have that one soldier right there by itself. The army, the platoon or that particular, whatever you call it, comes together. They are part of that, and they go together to war. They go together to do whatever assignment that they do. They are part of the, We need to come together to believers together because one can put 1,000 to flight, 2, 10,000, 300,000, and on and on. So when we come together corporately together, we have more power and more strength, and we know that we're going to overcome and we're going to be definitely winners and because the Bible says we are. So we're just normal people saved by grace, purchased by the blood of Jesus. We've been set apart by Jesus Christ and equipped to do what God has called us to do. 
And, and when we come together, the pastor ends up is to also to equip us to, to be that church of that Jesus Christ that we need to be. 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light which in time past were not a people of God, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. So a chosen generation is one of choice or of divine favor, an, an, elected pers an elect person. You know, you were chosen of God, chosen and called of God. We're a chosen generation. A royal priesthood means that we have royalty running through our veins. That means we have direct access to the Father God. We have direct access because when Jesus went to the cross, he tore the temple veil in twain that we may boldly go in before the throne of God and we take mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. A holy nation, we have the same, all have the same heavenly father. So it doesn't matter what your earthly family is or what your ethnicity is or your skin color or your, or your country of origin. We are all a group of people set apart to, 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 for the work of God and to, to walk in the calling that he has placed upon our life. A peculiar people, we aren't different. <laughs> that, that just means we're God's own people, <laughs> that we're particular, we're special, we're purchased, preserved, a special possession. So we need to proclaim forth his praises, proclaim the excellency of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Because in times past, before the, before the Jews denied Jesus and wouldn't accept him as the Messiah, we didn't have access to that. But now because they denied them, therefore we have, we have that grace and mercy uh, uh, given to us that we therefore can, can have access to, to, to become grafted into to Jesus. We can become part of the family of God because, because Jesus gave us that right and the door was opened us for us to have, to have come into the family of God and have mercy and grace. Psalms 118, 22 and 23. The stone which the builders refused has become the headstone of the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in, his eye, in our eyes. So the stone which the builders rejected because the Jewish people rejected Jesus, so therefore he has become the head, the, the, the stone, the, the headstone, the cornerstone of, of the church of Jesus Christ. So therefore we have that solid and firm foundation. 1 Peter 2, 5 through 8. Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious. But unto them which should be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. And the stone of stumbling and a rock of, of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. So we're not, uh, so Jesus is the chief cornerstone that holds the church foundation that makes it sure and steadfast and unshakable and unmovable. Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. Now therefore you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. In whom all the building fitly framed together groweth into an holy temple in the Lord. In whom ye also are built together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. So we're not strangers and foreigners anymore, but we are fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. And we all have our place, we all have our spot. We are in the church of Jesus Christ. He has called us all to do something, and we have our place and our spot. So when we all come together and we walk in our calling with the anointing of the Holy Ghost, we are empowered by Almighty God to accomplish that mission that he has called us to do on this earth. We are encouraged and strengthened and renewed and, and refueled when we come together as the corporate body of believers. Um, Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about by, with every wind of doctrine by the slate of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lay in wait to deceive. 
that but speaking the truth in love may grow up un, into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. So God created the church to be his agency in this age, representing his bigger plan, when his kingdom, which is his kingdom. So Satan knows this, which is why he works so hard to, to cause division. And I'm not talking about just division here, but division in the church, in the body of Christ. He tries to cause division. He tries so hard. But he knows that if God's people ever really get together <laughs> that, and, and actually come together in one mind and one accord, that Satan's influence will be severely limited. As in Matthew 16, 19, it says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Keys imply access. If I give you a key to my house, you can get in my house. If you have a key to a lockbox or a safe, you can get into that. Key to a building, you can get in and have access to whatever's in there if, I, if you have a key. So the, so the keys, the kingdom keys in this verse are plural. It says, I give you the keys of the kingdom. That mean, this means that for every hellish gate that Satan throws in front of us, there is a corresponding kingdom key that opens the kingdom door behind which are the resources that we need to meet that challenge. Isn't that good? <laughs> it's just, it says for, for the kingdom keys is plural. So that means for every hellish gate that Satan throws in front of us, that there is a corresponding kingdom key that opens a kingdom door behind which are the resources that we need to meet the challenge. God is not going to send you out there and not give you the means to do it. He said, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand and go forth and do the things. He's not going to give us something to do that he's not going to equip us to do it. He's equipping, and he may give you a vision or a dream to do something, but and you may not be equipped right now, but he is equipping you to do it. So when he sends you forth out to battle to do it, you will be equipped to do it and to handle and to stand, and you will do it victoriously because God goes before you. He's behind you. He's all around you. He's underneath you. He's on top of you. He's, he's there meeting your every need and, and giving you that vision and that dream and equipping you to do that, to go to battle. He ain't going to send you to battle not, not equipped. He's, he's God. He's going to send you forth to do what he's told you to do, and he's going to, to equip you to do that. Sometimes we get ahead of God. We don't, we don't wait for God to equip us. We say, okay, God, you call me to go to Africa. I'm going to go right now. Well, you need to wait because if you can't handle this little area right here around you, you can't go to Africa and, be, and win the world over there. You've got to be able to win, take care of your world first before God's going to give you bigger things. Baby steps. <laughs> Takes baby steps sometimes. He's not going to, you know, he's not going to just give you a vision that he's not going to uh, give you the means to do it. But it's, sometimes it's in his timing and our timing. Like, well, I know that Pastor Gary was called to minister and to preach years ago and pastor, but he didn't become a pastor until he was 50. But all during that time, God was equipping him and calling him forth to do it and equipping him to do it. But you have to wait. It's his time, not our time. We have to wait for God's time. But we have to, all this time that we're waiting, we can get feed ourselves on the word and, and praise and worship, and we can do our part so that God can, we can equip us to go forth and do what he wants us to do. The keys of the kingdom. Acts 1.8 says, But you shall receive power, dynamite, dunamis power, not just a little power, powerful power to blow things up. And I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about spiritually blow things up. Both things that after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. So when God fills you with the Holy Ghost, he gives you that power, that dynamite power to go here and there and everywhere and to reach your world, to reach people everywhere. Just be witnesses wherever you go. Be a witness here and there, near and far, everywhere you go. Be a witness to Jesus and win souls. Romans 8, 26 through 27. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray as we, for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to his will. So sometimes we do not know what to pray for. You know, you just go and you just like, you, I mean, you have no clue what to even pray for in somebody's situation or for, your, for yourself. You don't even know how to put it in words. But when you get in the presence of God and let the Holy Spirit just to, to make intercessions for you, and sometimes you just moan and groan because, oh, God, I mean, you just can't help it because you, it's just that's the Spirit of God, though, is making intercession for you when you are let, let the Spirit of God do it. It makes intercession for you because so that God knows what's going on and, and the Holy Ghost will pray for you and it will intercede for you because God said, I will send you the Holy Ghost and it shall be your comforter. I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to send the Holy Ghost to you, and it's going to be your comforter and your strength. So sometimes we just have to let the Holy Ghost, just pray in the Holy Ghost and let God move on behalf of whatever's going on, which we sometimes don't know. 
So as a church body of Jesus Christ, we need to have ears to hear what the Spirit's saying to the church. We need to be sensitive and, and to know the signs and the times and the seasons. We need to be sensitive to the Spirit of God and hear the Word of God. Bring your Bible to church. I don't care if it's on your phone. Bring it. Open it. Read it. Let, let's just, you know, we need to open the Word of God. Remain Word-centered. Remain in the Word. Not me-centered, not you-centered. Remain Word-centered. Preach and teach the Word of God. Read the Bible at home. Read and teach it to your children, your grandchildren. Our praise and worship needs to be God-centered, not me-centered. It doesn't need to be about us. It's all about him. Because when you come in, you don't feel like praising God. It doesn't matter. That's right. <laughs> it says, it says if, you, you know, if you didn't say, if you want to do it today, praise God. It says, praise God. It's a command. Praise God. It don't matter if you feel like you had a good day, bad day, no day. It doesn't matter. You praise God. No matter. It doesn't say if you want to. Because if we hold our peace, the very rocks are going to cry out. Somebody's going to praise God, whether it's nature, nature and creation, or somebody's going to praise God. So it's not a question of will you do it. No, it says do it. The Bible says praise God. It's a command. Praise God. And then when you praise, now worship is another thing because you have to you, know, you have to enter into worship and you have to have clean hands and a pure heart to enter into worship with God. But praise is anybody can praise God. Yeah, you know, doesn't matter. Sinner, saint, everybody's supposed to praise God. <laughs> the gifts of the Spirit need to be at work in our service, but not just in our service, in our lives. Because, you know, the gifts of the Spirit work when you're outside this walls too. <laughs> you know, the gifts of the Spirit can work through you. <laughs> it's not just in church, but we do need them working in church because they encourage each other. Pray for the sick in the service. Pray for the sick. If you're at Walmart and somebody says pray, pray. You don't have to go, oh, Jesus. You can say, Lord, I can speak healing to this person to be healed. And you don't have to make a big scene unless God moves on you to do it. I mean, you don't have to lay hands and fall out in the spirit unless it happens. You know, it happens, it happens. But, you know, you need to pray for the sick forever, you know. Because then the body must function together and flow together in unity. Psalms 133. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious... Next verse. The whole thing. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garment. For as the dew of Hermon, as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. So when we dwell together in uni unity, the Lord commands the blessing. When we dwell together in unity, then we're going to receive the blessing of God. And we do need more corporate prayer. And yes, I know it's hard because I can't make it at 5 o'clock and somebody can't make it at 7. So I know it's hard for us all to get together to do corporate prayer. But as much as we can, when we can, we need to try to come together and, and do corporate prayer as much as we can together. Testimonies inside the church, outside the church. You know, you need to, the Bible says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We need to share, share what God's done, share what God did for you. You know, I'm, I know it's, you know, God did a miracle, so therefore share, share what God did for you. Say, you know, God did this, you know, because he did. <clears throat> and we must sense the presence of God and expect an outpouring of God's spirit every time we come together. Don't just come and say, oh, I'm going to church, okay. Now, we need to expect and to sense and, and be sensitive to God's spirit and expect that he's going to do something great and wonderful in our service because he wants to. I mean, as Brother Ricky said before, he has all these gifts in heaven that's just waiting to be given to us. But we're just, in, you know, we're just not ready to receive them. <laughs> but he has them all for us. We just got to be ready to receive them. And, you know, and I know that has been a trying time for the last year and a half just between Pastor Gary's death and between COVID and oh, I hate COVID. <laughs> so between COVID and all that stuff, it's just been hard to get, actually get back out there and do what we want to do. But we, we you know, I, I still feel on my spirit that the Bible says, you know, wait on the Lord. Don't get ahead of him. Don't get, a, don't go too fast. If we go ahead, we're going to mess up. So we've got to do that. But I mean, like the jail ministry hopefully will open up soon. So we can go, you can go do that. And maybe you can take others with you possibly. I don't know. We need to still nursing homes and, and uh, assisted living centers. You know, they're still, they're open right now for people to come and visit at this point. Uh, we need to volunteer like maybe at Breaking Bread or at the food bank or wherever they have things like that to do. We need teachers and helpers. And even if we don't need to use you, we need you to be ready to stand in the wind, being ready so that when all, when all of our classes are able to open back up and we have kids coming back in that we're raised, okay, you go here, you go here, you go here. Now, I don't have to go search for somebody to teach, that y'all are ready and waiting and ready and willing to do it. We need van drivers to be standing in the wind and just waiting there so whenever we're able to run the vans, that they're ready to do it, and we have backups and stuff. We need all that there. So there's a lot of things we got going on. The recovery class is still going on on Monday nights, so, which is a blessing. So we need to be there, and we need to be as a church out in the community together as a church body ministering because we are the hands and feet of Jesus and I know like I say there's been so much <laughs> that we can't do but if nothing else we can we can win 
people in our, we can minister to people in our world. We, every day we have a world that we're in, whether at work or at school or at home or at church or wherever you are, grocery store, you have a world that you're, that you're around people. And we can let our light shine for God wherever we are and we can minister to God and we minister for him and on his behalf every day when, when we're out in, in the world. <clears throat> and if we win our world to Jesus, then as we win our world, then we're going to build the church up too, okay? So the church of Jesus Christ is triumphant and it's alive and it's well. We at Grace Warehouse Church are founded in the church of Jesus Christ and, and the bride of Christ. So therefore we are called, chosen, and anointed of God for such a time as this in his kingdom to do what he has called us to do. And we as a church body have a calling and purpose from God to accomplish his will through our church in the community and in our state and in the country and in the nation and in the world. And he has anointed us and equipped us. He has not left us. He didn't bring us this far to leave us. He didn't teach us to swim to let us drown. He didn't move and come into our heart and to reside to, to move out. He didn't call us and not equip us. Isaiah 61, 1 through 6. This is for the body. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the good tidings to the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, <clears throat> to point unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, this garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old waste. They shall raise up former desolations. They shall repair the waste cities, the desolations of many generations. And strangers shall stand and feed your flocks and sons of aliens shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. But ye shall be named the priest of the Lord, Men shall call you ministers of God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory shall you boast, shall you boast yourselves. Um, so therefore, God is going to pour out his blessing. And when we walk in the calling and the anointing that God has upon our lives, and he is going to, to bless us, and then we're going to walk in his blessing and his favor. So we are called and chosen and anointed to reach the world, and it starts in our world. Whatever your world is, wherever you are day by day, it starts in your world. And everybody you come in contact with, whether it's a regular basis or on occasion or just rarely, you just happen to run into somebody, God is opening that door for you to minister to that person and to share Jesus and to let your light shine to, for, the, for Jesus, to flavor the world, to be the salt and light. Okay. So we call in souls from the north, south, east, and west into our church body and to the kingdom of God. We call them in in Jesus' name. So I would want to show you this video. <clears throat> it's a... A church triumphant it's an older song but it's they remade it and did a um, live thingy with all the bunch of different singers um, in January I think of 2021 so we do want to try to show that then I'll close after that see if it'll work church from all of us this song is for you let the church be the church let the people rejoice for we've set up the question we've made our choice let the anthems ring out Songs of it. 